When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Lizzie Mathis, and you're listening to the Cool Mom Code Podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. This week, we're ecstatic to have Jessica G on as our guest. Jessica is the powerhouse mama behind the Bucket List family, leading a globe-trotting lifestyle as family travel journalist. This worldly mama of three is challenging all of us to explore the world with our kids. Their Instagram and YouTube channel capture their exciting adventures around the world. And trust us, you don't want to miss this episode. It is filled with eye-opening life experiences and advice. Jessica, welcome to the Cool Mom Code podcast. I am actually very excited that you are here. And I'll tell you why. Because I have been a follower of your page for a long time. The Bucketless Family. Yeah. Are you? I don't know what parent wouldn't follow you. That's first of all, because we're almost like all of us are living our dreams through you. Do you know that? We're living our travel adventures and dreams literally via you and your family. That's cool to hear. I I feel like I have this like dissociation with what how I'm living because I'm so in the thick of being a mom. Yes, of course. That when I'm like when I hear stuff like that, I it kind of blows my mind. I mean, I just okay. So this is what this is what's fascinating to me is that you have three children, Mm -hmm. a whole husband, a whole marriage, a whole being of you. And you all travel the world as if it is your backyard. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's so fascinating. And I want to understand where that comes from. Like you're from, where are you from? I'm from Colorado. Colorado. I'm from Denver, Colorado. And it's it's funny you say that because my like upbringing could not be more stereotypical, you know, upper middle class white girl from Denver, Colorado. You know, like my dad worked a nine to five. I had a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. We traveled to Disney World every year. Like, you know, that was the big trip. That was the trip every year. I remember going to the airport and being so stoked to go to Orlando. Uh, We would go down to the Everglades and that was like, I felt like we were being, you know, big adventurous travelers and like, yeah, going to see crocodiles and alligators and stuff. But this is totally nothing I set out for. If you would have asked me even 10 years ago, like, do you want to travel the world? I would be like, you know, I'd like to go to Italy someday. I'd like to go to Australia. That was only 10 years ago that you would say that. Yeah. No way. It was never on my bucket, bucket list. list. <laughs> Literally. It was never on my list or my agenda to travel the world. It kind of fell into my lap and it, it felt right. Did you have a passport when you were younger? 
Uh, we went to England once when I was about 12. So, okay. yes, I suppose I did have a passport. Okay, interesting. I mean, it's interesting that you come from, like, you don't, you're not raised in a, in a family no. where it's like traveling was your no. thing. So, where uh, my did husband sh- was, though. Okay, my husband so where, was. did that shift come when you met him? I, I think so. My husband's okay. mom actually is, a, she's a travel journalist herself. She's been traveling for years and years, and Garrett grew up traveling to Europe and um, all over the place. So, I think think that came from his side. Well, I know that came from his side of the family. And she's she's been writing for magazines and she's broadcast journalism. She's brilliant. And and kind of that whole, I don't want to say influencer, but yeah, like travel journalist came mm-hmm. from the G side. So he basically was raised that way. Yes. So when you met him, he's like, yeah, I just want to travel the world. Were you like down for it? Or were you like, hey, I not even, my thing. It, it, he was like, he's a yes man. And I don't think it was necessarily ever like travel oriented. But mm-hmm. even when we first started talking before you're dating, I was like, you should come to Colorado. <laughs> kind of thinking he'd be like, it was just kind of an invite. Where invite was like, he, hey, come over for dinner. Okay, and you're kind of like, yeah, we'll see. But where then, did you guys meet, though? Were you living we in the met, same place? We met on our church missions. We were in Russia. Okay, so, so you met in Russia. Yeah, so we were doing pr- something pretty extreme already. You lived in you lived in Colorado. I lived in Colorado, went on church, like an LDS church mission. And when, he lived where? Uh, he was from Utah. Utah. Okay, okay. So you guys live in separate places still. Yeah, we live in separate places. Okay. Went and served missions for two years in Russia, came back, and we're like chatting on the phone, just being buddies from, yeah. you know, our missions. And I was like, come to Colorado. And he's like... Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> easy. I guess you're coming. <laughs> and then, yeah, I kind of hit it off from there. And that was it. And that was it. So he's the yes man. Okay. So he's like down for an adventure at all times. Yes. Did it yes. make you more adventurous? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Okay. And because, again, his mom was this travel journalist, I remember she had a gig in Tahiti. Uh-huh. And we had helped her with build her website. And she was, as payment, she was going to just bring us with her to Tahiti. And right. I, I would say from that trip to Tahiti, we were kind of hooked. We were like. And this is before kids. This is before kids. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Tahiti had been our spot in our first, I don't know, five or six years of marriage. We'd go to Tahiti every year. Oh, wow. Okay. And I don't know about you and your family, but like, I think a lot of people are creatures of habit. And so yes. when they travel, they go to the same place. So true. Do you guys do that? No, we do not. Oh, okay. But well, that's you know good. What? That's the only, good. You know, I will say the only thing we do is we go back to Birmingham, where my husband's from, Alabama, every year for Thanksgiving. But that's just because this is yeah. family and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where we're from. But I don't think there's one place that we always go to. And it's funny you say that because my husband's always like, no, we've been there. Let's That's try great. something new. We've That's already great. done Cabo. Because most something people, new. our Hawaii families or like Powell families or right. Disney World families, yeah. like, my, like myself. So, yeah, for a while it was Tahiti. Yeah. Okay. So that was Tahiti before kids. Okay. So now you guys are living your life. You're traveling mm-hmm. as a couple, which I'm sure knowing you guys, you've traveled the world or at least many places as a couple before children. Tahiti. That's it. Oh, just Tahiti. Yeah, just Tahiti. Just Tahiti. Yeah. Before kids, just Tahiti. I mean, I think we'd been to Mexico and Hawaii. We did our honeymoon, but we weren't, again, like neither of us set off to be these let's travel to 100 countries with our children. Okay, but Um, then what was that precipice? Like, what was that moment where you're like, you know what? So you have kids. Now you have kids. You have small ones at the time. What is the moment where you're like, okay, you know what? We're going to just abandon things and just literally go travel the world. In college, my husband created an iPhone app called Mm -hmm. Scan. Okay. And he sold it to Snapchat, which is why we moved out here to Los Angeles. Okay. And we were at a very unique point in our lives where um, money didn't matter. Mm. And such a blessing. Yeah. Right? But also, like, what what is life when Mm. you don't necessarily have to worry about finances? Right. And 
we had seen some bad examples in our lives of people who came into a lot of wealth and lost it. Mm -hmm. So we were very cautious. And Garrett had dropped out of college to go work at Snapchat, and he quit his senior year of of collegiate soccer, which Mm -hmm. he loved. Right, right. And long story short, we lived out here in L.A., and Garrett wasn't happy. He wasn't happy working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And he had said, I just want to go finish my senior year of soccer. So he quit Snapchat, which was a great job. We moved to L.A. thinking we'd be here for Ever. a good yeah. long while. Right. And uh, he it was such a negotiation. He was like, if I go back and play senior year of soccer, then you choose what we do next. And I, and, and I had followed him to San Francisco, to Silicon Valley, and to Utah, and to L.A. So it really was my turn to wow. like choose what was next. And I was the one who said, I want to do a little bit of traveling. And those were famous last words. Famous last words. Yeah. And at this point, you have what? How old? We have two kids. We have. Let's see. Dorothy was almost three. Manila was almost one. <gasps> and so we sold everything. And then this is—you'll start to realize this is the pattern in my relationship with my husband. Is I'm like the queen of moderation, and he's the king of extreme. Okay. So I'm like, let's do a little bit of traveling, and he's like, let's sell everything and no. travel the world. So that's what happened. So we sold everything, and and our our whole goal was to not dip into our savings that we had made from the acquisition. Okay. So we don't want to use any of that money. Set it aside in savings. Uh-huh. We were kids. We were twenty. I don't know, twenty seven, twenty eight. Like mm-hmm. we didn't want to make a mistake. So we thought we could learn a lot from the world. Okay. So you come into wealth. Yeah. Right. You guys are set. You're like, this is good. We're in a good feeling. You decide to go travel the world, but yet you don't want to spend any of your money that you just came into wealth. Yeah. Well, and I will say our wealth too was like, if you're dumb, that it's gone. Of course. Of course. No, but you're comfortable. Yeah. yeah. We were comfortable. You weren't paycheck paycheck. And we had enough to come home and buy a nice house. Right. Basically. And so we're like, hey, we have our perfect nest egg. Mm -hmm. We sold everything. Right. We made about $45,000. The plan was to use that and once that was out, we were done. We were done. <laughs> okay. And we had about four or five months of travel around the South Pacific, went to Thailand and Australia and Tonga, and Fiji, mm-hmm. um, Singapore, some of those countries. And then the plan was to come back at Christmas. That was that was August 2015. Mm-hmm. We came back in December. And much to my surprise, who, again, queen of moderation, I was surprised how much I was enjoying it. I loved living out of a suitcase. I loved having little things, like few things. Mm -hmm. I loved just spending all the time in the world with my kids. So how do you start that journey, though? Because I can only imagine with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, starting that journey of one selling everything that just gave me so much anxiety yeah, you have no totally. idea right like where you just like are selling beds and couches and yep. like every single thing that you own I'm, I'm already like literally sweating <laughs> thinking about it I'm like oh my god what does this mean with a three-year-old and a one-year-old I think if it was just me and my husband I'd be like okay cool yeah. let's go we're down for it like done but the fact that you're adding on two small children we're not even talking about 15 and like 12 we're talking about three and one, how do you embark on such a journey, even if it is just for six months, say it is just in your mind for a few months, how do you embark on a journey like that and be prepared for everything that comes along with it? I think it was just a shift in our mentality of Garrett and I, and at the end of the day, we were kids ourselves and we mm-hmm. didn't know what we, want, what we wanted. You know, we had kind of grown up in Utah and Colorado in these sheltered lives and mm-hmm. we were ready to see the world and we were ready to have the world show us what happiness is in all different cultures wow. and what, you know, what was important to people in New Zealand is different than what people it's what brings happiness in Tonga. And mm-hmm. um, so we were ready to see what was out there. And then logistically speaking, 
we just did it. Yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, <laughs> when people ask me for tips on traveling with a toddler, oh, I'm like, oh, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> just don't. Just go in blind. Yeah. So we kind of went in like, this is it. Like, we're doing it. There was no other choice. Yeah. But does it mean like shots? Does it mean yes. like packing yes. certain things? Does it mean like, what Like what does that yeah. mean? Logistically, it, how are you getting on a plane? All of it. Yeah, and I think as a mom, you know, my husband didn't do any of that. And he didn't think about any of that. But I'm like, we got to get shots and we got to buy, you know, a lifetime supply of diapers. Because yes. why would they have diapers in Australia? Right. Like, just right. so naive. Yes. But learning along the way that people mm-hmm. live all around the world. And so lives. when you go into a place, because you aren't trying to stay at the most luxurious resorts and you're not going to just vacation you are going to actually get in there and live in the environment and like soak yourself into the culture and everything so when you get when you first land in a place what's your first step what do you do first well I feel like ideally we're staying in a rental home I would take a rental home any day over a hotel Mm -hmm. but that's just preference because I like to be more like engaged with the culture mm-hmm. and learn what it's like to live in an actual country. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, some people just want to relax and not think about anything and sit by the pool and read books. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Preference. Um, so we we get in and first thing I do is get to the house uh-huh. and I see what's there. Okay. And then I go to the grocery store. Okay. And I love that though. Like going to grocery stores around the world is awesome. But do you go and like, do you know what the foods are? What if they're, are they in the same language? There's so many barriers there even. Yeah, sometimes and sometimes not. And sometimes you're like our first, one of our first stops was in Tonga. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting in there and asking the host, where's the grocery store? They were like, oh, it's 20 minutes down the road. And we were like, okay. So we start walking down the road and we had gotten too far and Evidently in Tonga, they just walk so slow, <laughs> so slow. Like it was maybe two minutes down the road. No, <laughs> but yeah, they just cut. You know, like they go at their life own is slow, slow pace. there. Yeah, and we get there, and the grocery store is a glorified Seven <laughs> Eleven. It's a Seven Eleven. So what do you do? So you just make do. You grab some bread and some peanut butter and some jelly and some fresh fruit and. You know, some frozen hamburger and some hamburger sauce or some like marinara sauce. So you just grab what you can. You go with it. it. So I can only imagine that your kids in this experience are so not only well cultured, but just their minds and their palates and their uh, way of living is so more expansive than what I don't know just I don't know my children are. I think think there's just expectations. You know, we we at a young when we first got married, when we first had our daughter, Dorothy, we decided we wanted to bring her along with us. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to shift our lives for our child. We were going to bring her into what Garrett and I had already started, mm-hmm. which some people may or may not disagree with or agree with. But um, Dorothy, from a young age, knew how to sit at a restaurant mm-hmm. for an hour or two quietly right. and, you know, color, do something like that. Or our kids know how to get to the airport walk through security, put their bag up on the thing, mm-hmm. get on the plane, ask the flight attendant for cranberry juice. It's just kind of expectations of how you behave in different situations. And our right. kids learn that at a super young age. Right, right. No, I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, to be able to travel the world, I think, at a young age, I think it just exposes you to so many different um, opportunities. You know, you really do. Now we look at social media and we're like, the world is your oyster just because nothing is off limits. With totally. social media, totally. you can research or look and see everything right with the internet everything is is at your fingertips but with you it's like 
real life experiences. They've seen so mm-hmm. much at their fingertips. And you guys are also super adventurous. Mm-hmm. So you guys are doing things that I, I I look at and I'm like, oh my God, how are how how are they even wakeboarding or yeah. like, you know, doing all this like cool stuff. And how is that? Like, I think that you teach your kids to be adventurous and you teach them not to have fear, you and your husband. Where does that come from? That's a great question. I think both of us, my husband and I, really have tried to get outside our comfort zones. Like I said, queen of moderation. I lived in a comfort zone Mm -hmm. my whole life. So to just kind of see what is possible. And that's one of the beauties of the internet. And when we first started traveling, my husband saw a video of someone swimming with a humpback whale. Mm -hmm. whale, And he's Mm -hmm. like, I want to do that. I didn't know it was possible. But, you know, do a little bit of research, find out who posted the picture, how they got there, what they did. And lo and behold, we got in contact with this wonderful photographer in Australia. And he's like, yeah, come and join me in Tonga. And, you know, if your kids can swim and snorkel, then they can join. Wow. And that's just what we've started doing is like, bringing the kids along for all the adventures, preparing them. And that starts at a young age, teaching Mm -hmm. them how to swim and teaching them how to trust you and teaching teaching them all those like little steps that can lead to these moments like swimming with whales in Tonga or getting in the water with great white sharks or getting in the, you know, like doing some pretty, you said that so simply, like you literally, like I'm the audience right now. And they just were like, did she say great white sharks? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I I don't want you to think that I'm not like, I am a super normal mom. Like I have all the fears. I mean, fears. I'm going to be honest with you, Jessica, you're not. You're not a normal mom, okay? Like, let's yeah, just be yeah, 100% sure. honest and really clear with you, okay? Because I, no one has clearly told you this. You are not a normal mom because you are doing extraordinary things with your kids. And that is not normal, just so we're clear. But I just want to say, I do have all the fears that yes, you have. For you course. to be like, how does that even... You're still a mom. I'm still a mom. You're still a mom. I'm like freaked out about everything. Yes, And I just press forward. That's what it is. You just literally, you're just like, nope, today we're going to do it. Today, you got this. Today, you instill this in your children. we're safe and we take all precautions we can and we... Tell me about that. What precautions are you taking? How are you safe when you're in these experiences? Well, there's so many different facets of traveling, you know, put it... And clearly we put our kids on social media. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing. Yeah, exactly. We post delayed always, Mm -hmm. you know, we are always watching our kids in the water. We always um, are with skilled, you know, if we're in Africa with wildlife, we're always going to have a guide that's mm-hmm. highly qualified to take us around wildlife. We do a lot with wildlife. Right. Yeah. Just, just, just being really extra cautious. Aware and researched. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Makes you more comfortable. And, and, and always trying to understand what the risks are, you know, and you're not doing crazy stuff when you're, you know, when I was pregnant, right. I traveled a bunch when I was pregnant with my third. And right. Never going to a country without being within an hour of a hospital, like stuff so this like is that. A, so where did you birth your third child? Uh, at, in Utah. In so Utah. we traveled okay. Okay. the whole time up until two months. Oh, okay. Okay. And then you come back two months and you have the baby. Yeah. All your checkups and everything. Like, what was that? I did. And I think maybe it was because it was my third. I was like, I'm good. I feel good. I feel the baby. Like, I uh, I felt okay to not do checkups every Two All weeks the at the yeah, end. Remember yeah, yeah. when so it I gets did... towards the end and it's like every week you're going in for a checkup and you're yeah. like, oh my God, do am I I'm here a... again? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went twice mm-hmm. throughout my pregnancy and then, and then you know, I went in when I was home. Right. Before right, I right. delivered. I okay. went in every week or whatever that is. Yeah. And so the kids feel like it's just second nature. Now you guys have purchased a place in Hawaii. Yep. We have a house in Hawaii and the kids are in school. Okay. And they go That's to a, a great little school. So this is, so now they're in school. Yeah. Now they're in like a permanent place where 
where they go every yeah. day. What was it like while you guys were traveling, though? How did you manage well, that? Well, they were young. Mm-hmm. They, my, we stopped the full-time travel when my daughter was starting kindergarten. Okay, you did. And now we travel on school holidays. Wow. And, like, even now we're going to take a break and maybe, like, fudge a little and take a ne- couple extra days on either end. Okay. Okay, nice. Isn't it always the kids when they go to school? That's what always, like, stops everybody totally. from their lives. <laughs> totally. All plans stop. Totally. And, and, and I will say, my husband, he would have given anything to keep traveling and to homeschool. But I'm like... You're not homeschooling. Yeah, exactly. Like, that lands on me. <laughs> exactly. No way. Yeah, I could. Now that that's what's going to be my question, though. How are you going to homeschool, travel, and still live the same lifestyle while your kids are school aged? And yeah. I can only imagine like that brings in yeah, a whole so new stuff layer. Is definitely slowing down. Definitely yeah. slowing down. Um, and I, this year is the first year my daughter's in fifth grade where wow. it's like you can't miss. Yeah. Or it's getting hard to miss. Yeah. And And I'm really nervous. Um, to see how it goes. We're taking off in February for uh, to go to Antarctica. Oh, wow. For like a month. And I haven't told the school yet. Wow. So that's going to be like... Breaking news. School <laughs> breaking news. Antarctica's coming. Yeah. So what is... Um, so that's what I was going to ask you too. As a world traveler, especially with children, when you're forced to take breaks around everyone else's holidays and school and all this stuff like that, it's expensive as I don't know what. One. Totally. And two, I'm it's crowded. It's crowded. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you combat that? Do you just go places everyone else doesn't want to go to? <laughs> we do you kinda, go to the unpopular places during the breaks? We kind of just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trying to swing as much as we can with our fall breaks or with our spring breaks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this holiday season, uh, I we're not going anywhere. We were gone all summer long in Africa. Yeah. And we have a big trip to uh, a big trip to Antarctica and a big press tour. And I'm like, I just want to be home, which is so not me. I'm from Colorado. I love my snow. Give yeah. me give me a white Christmas every year. But yeah. this year I'm like, I think we'll stay at home. That's a this is a this is I feel like a big change. It's a big change. That's a for big sure. change. For how sure. do the how do the kids how do the kids like feel about the change of lifestyle? Well, this is different it's for funny them. because they're like, we want to go ski. And I'm like, no. Mom just, I, but, you know, every every time now traveling for the holidays, I feel like everybody does this where they're like, why are we traveling over the holidays? Every plane is delayed or canceled and this and that. And you're stuck. Yeah, it's and so true. It's the worst. It's, it's absolutely the, the worst. worst. So if you can travel not over the holidays, travel not over the holidays. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's the biggest tip. But for sure. I mean, it's also the hardest tip. It's hard because yeah, you got to pull kids. Because you have to pull kids from school. Yeah. Just also a really quick note. If you're loving this content, our podcasts with all of our amazing guests, we love sharing their stories. It really is such a joy for us. Then you're going to love thecoolmom.co. Make sure to head over there. It is everything that you can think of lifestyle. So we have fashion, food. We have amazing interviews with a lot of other cool moms as well. So check out all of our Cool Mom Co. features, shop our merch, do all the things. Check out thecoolmom.co. Okay, so you have a book. I do. Coming out. This is very exciting. I think every parent who lives vicariously through you, like myself, is excited for this book because it gives all the tips and tricks. Yep. Um, And so if you could give some tips on traveling with younger kids, because that's Mm. how you started your traveling journey, what would those tips be? Like what places would you recommend? What things would you say someone like me or no, my kids are a little older, but someone who has younger kids. Yeah. What would you make I, sure I, that I they know? I think a lot of it depends on the age. And in the book, I break it off like this is where you should travel when they're, you know, three to six months, six to 12, 12 to, you know, 18. Like oh, I, great. I think there's different stages and they heavily <laughs> impact on how your kid is. You know, like right. I'm not going to take 
a toddler to Europe. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. But I would strap a younger baby in a Bjorn and go cruise around, you know, Paris and go see some museums and do some of that fun stuff or go right. hiking in Switzerland. Um, so I have that all like laid out. But mm-hmm. I think most importantly, one of the lessons I learned traveling with young kids was packing. Yeah. And what you need and what you don't need. And I remember taking our daughter before bucket list um, travels and you got the the pack and play and you've got the car seat and yes. you've got the breast pump and you you've got so the big, so much stuff. And then over time, you know, with my third, I was like, Callie can like everywhere I go, I call ahead mm-hmm. and I see if they have a pack and play. Yeah. Uh, I, I get a, um, I have like a really lightweight car seat. Yeah. That can kind of fold that, up a little and bit. And then hooks into yes. my, um, you know, I really love that yo-yo zen. Have you ever seen that stroller that like folds in the overhead apartment? Uh, oh my goodness. It's new. It's, it's new amazing. from when I've had kids. Oh, Someone yeah, yeah, was yeah. just telling me about this the other day and it folds into the compartment yep. and it also does a car seat, right? Yes, or yes, something yes, like exactly. that. Exactly. And everything clicks into the yes. other. Yes. Yeah, that's that genius. money yeah. with my third. Um, so having that and then like, you know, just having like a hand pump, mm-hmm. just like little things like that. To make re- it easier to travel with, but you still totally. have the convenience and realizing that there are in fact babies all over the world yeah. and you can get diapers and wipes and formula or whatever you need anywhere yeah. you go that's true that's true i think it's about realizing that the world isn't so um cut off to everything that yeah. we think it is totally yeah and and i i feel like now especially with social media this is an unpopular opinion mm-hmm. but um when we have babies, we're immediately trying to get them into a routine. You know, right. you've got the blackout curtains and you've so got the true. sound machines and you've got the, the, you know, like, and you do the same routine, which definitely um, helps mm-hmm. when you live in a routine. But then if you take your kids traveling, it messes them it up totally. Bonkers. They go bonkers. They go bonkers. They can't get to sleep. Yeah. They're not taking their naps on time. All these things. What did you do? Was we there even with, a nap with, time? With Callahan, you know, and I was like that with my first and even kind of my second. But by my third, I was like, okay, our routine is non-routine. <laughs> yeah. He learns to sleep. On the road, and he sleeps wherever we go. And and if he's a little cranky, it's because he's either hungry or tired. Right. And you just respect no. that, you know, yeah. and you know. Um, so just being patient and giving you and the baby grace. So um, you didn't schedule things around their naps. You well, didn't we schedule. Kind of would. We, would, we would be like, okay, morning activities, afternoon activities. We're right. going to have a chunk of the day for a nap. Right. Um, but, you know, sometimes that goes out the door. And, <laughs> and, and you just you do your best to have the best laid plans of let's take the flight during nap time or mm-hmm. let's do the red eye. And so much of it, I feel like, shifts, again, depending on but their age. But also time zones. It's like time zones. It's like what might be what they might feel in their bodies is nap time, maybe nighttime or maybe morning or whatever it is. Like it comes in different waves, especially when you're traveling so much. When you traveled with the kids, how long would you stay in each place? We tried initially for a week. A week. Okay. I was like, I don't want to pick up more than that. Yeah. At least seven days. Um just to try to get into a little bit of a routine, mm-hmm. you know, and we still, I shouldn't say we didn't have any routine because we definitely did. We wake up, we'd have breakfast. My husband and I would take turns working out. Right. Um, our older daughter, we would have some like little workbooks or school stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, afternoon, maybe we would like get out and do stuff. And, yeah. and when you're traveling full time, it's different than a vacation because when you're on vacation and you, you've set aside this budget, you've worked really hard to take your one vacation a year, yeah. you're going to go hard. Right. And you're going to plan things at all hours of the day. And our situation was different different and it still is different you know where we're like if we need a day to just do nothing then we're going to take a day Mm -hmm. but most people when they travel they're not traveling full-time you know yeah traveling full-time is just a whole different yeah vibe yeah right like it's like you're not there for vacation no this isn't a break this is your life here to live and learn Mm -hmm. from you know and just experience life together in another environment so it's kind of like you were homeschooling the whole time yeah 
I mean, it really is because you were learning in a different environment each time. Totally. Totally. Have you do? Is there a place where you guys would go back to frequently that you really loved, or is it somewhere new every time? Tonga is one of the few places we go back to time and time again. Mm -hmm. My husband loves it there. That's his favorite place. Um, We haven't been there since before COVID. Okay. Um, And then I love Africa. Yeah, I love it too. I do too. Where have you been in Africa? I mean, I lived in Africa for about six months in South Africa. Oh. Uh-huh. And I shot a movie around Cape Town and right along the coast. And it was yeah. a surf movie. Oh. And so I did that stint. And then I also worked there as a model for a long time. So, yeah, I mean. So, so you lived in Cape Town? So I lived in Cape Town. Cool. And it was great. I mean, I loved it. Yeah. I just, I I would love to bring my family back and have a different experience there, though. Did you do any safari? You You know what? I didn't do safari while I was there. And it's probably one of my biggest regrets because I was so busy. I was working the entire time. and I never had a day where I could just go off and and spend it. But it's such expansive place. And it's so beautiful and so rich and in culture. And there's so many different areas of, especially Cape Town. Yeah, totally. Going out to the rural areas is much different from like the city. And totally. I mean, being able to experience it both was just like, wow, wow, wow. So that's your favorite place. It, I, yeah, it's one of my favorite places. I, I just can't get enough of being in the bush. Yeah. yeah. I love it out there. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, though. Yeah. It's beautiful. And being, I love seeing, this sounds cheesy, the circle of life and yeah. all of the beautiful animals and how they all work together and how they have their own individual, like, mechanisms to survive. Like, it's just so it's Lion cool. King. Yeah, it's, it's Lion, Lion King. King. It's yeah. real life Lion King. I love it. Let me know if you ever want to go to Africa. I want to go. Well, you have to, but us. I'm going to go with you, okay, though. Let's because go. you are, like, you're going to be the greatest tour guide ever okay. and, like, teach me everything yeah, and make absolutely. me chill we, out. We you're going to be like, that. calm down, Lizzie. We love it. Calm down. It's just a lion, Lizzie. Don't worry. It's ch- chill, Lizzie. It's just a giraffe. <laughs> chill, chill. So that's exactly the type of energy that I need. Um, so that's good. Okay. So awesome. So what are, what are, um, in the book you talk about, obviously it's breaking, it's broken down by age. Uh, Hey, but one of the things that I love that you, they well that you say in the book is that this book is from, for kids from four years old, four months old to 40 years old. And I think I really love that because it really does show that you can travel at any age. There's no time period or time frame that you can start or finish. Well, and I remember early on people being like, uh, the kids are never going to remember this. Yeah. And now to me, I'm, I don't care. Mm-hmm. The, that's not the point. The not the point isn't necessarily memories, although that's great. Mm-hmm. It's just learning these things together as a family and experiencing life together as a family in different environments. And there's so much they're learning, just being together and you know, learning to swim and learning to be brave and learning to accept and see mm-hmm. different people and cultures versus you know, oh, I remember walking through this castle or seeing this thing. You know, like. That doesn't really matter, but down, you know, and down the road, it'll be cool for me to be like, oh, you're learning about the Byzantine Empire. Let me show you these like pictures of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I think the memories are great, but like you just said, it's shaping who they are that I think is making the biggest impact. You're creating worldly people. And I think in this world, especially one thing that we lack the most of is people with a more broader sense and view of who all people are. And so for you guys to be traveling, and inserting like you know how these different cultures and eating and how they how they commune with family and what their what drives them in their you know worlds and societies and communities I think that is a 
such a big impact on children that it's a gift if you're able to give it at such a young age. It's a gift. So the memories, yes, but the people yeah. you're creating is the most important part. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like growing up, you know, middle America and Colorado, like, we're always taught, or I feel like I was taught, like, America's the best. And mm -hmm. to me, I was like, America's the best, you yeah. know? And I took that ridiculous mentality without with me in the beginning, like, I'm going to go and help so many people and we're going to do these service projects and we're going to, mm -hmm. you know, I can show other people how it's like, how great it is to be American. And as soon as I got out there, I was just smacked in the face with how happy everybody was. And I was like, <laughs> who am I to think that the way I grew up and the way I lived is the only right way to live. Mm -hmm. It is the only like happy people, but you get out there and you see these poor, poor people all over the world and mm -hmm. Thailand and Tonga and Bali. And we were working at this orphanage and, and they're so happy, Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and to see really what brought us all together was laughing and dancing and food and music and family. Like those are the common factors of humanity that make us all people. Right. And to have my kids experience that. I remember my daughter's first day of school was at this orphanage that we were teaching English at in Bali. Uh -huh. And no, they hardly spoke any English and Dorothy didn't understand them. She didn't look like them. Yeah. She couldn't, you know, but they were just playing and dancing and laughing. And it was the best to see little kids who had all the barriers, mm -hmm. just shatter them, just break them down. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I just talked to, um, uh, a friend of mine who is a children's book author mm. and her name is Rhoda actually. And she, um, I interviewed her for the podcast and she was, she's from Somalia, but she was raised in Norway. And she said, I'm the only one who looked like me, but yet it was still such an environment where I never felt out of place. I never felt unwelcomed or out of place, even though she looked so different from everyone else. And then she said, I said, why is that? Because here it's so different. Yeah. Here it is night and day. If yeah. you don't look like the group or yeah, you're totally. out of, you will feel out of place. Something or someone will make you feel ostracized in some way, shape or form. And that's just how it is. Yeah. She said it's because of the history. It's because of the the history of our this country as opposed to others right she's like in norway they don't have that bias that maybe you come into you know the states with and so it's interesting hearing you now say your daughter looking so different from the other children in this school but yet she still felt comfortable and still felt you know happy and joyful and and not having that preconceived notion yeah and That's we didn't have thing. to say, oh, these kids, you know, we didn't have to give her like a little spiel of who these kids were and why they didn't have parents. Not, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't the kids matter. doesn't matter. They're yeah. just kids and it. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I mean, listen, I think that this is just, if you don't follow Jessica, then you are doing yourself a grave disservice <laughs> if, you, if you have kids. The Bucket List Family is amazing. I'm very excited for this book. I'm Thank excited to, to read more of it. And when it comes out, you know, I can't wait to take all the tips and tricks from it. Um, is there anything else you want to say or share about the book that we haven't talked about? No, I'm, I'm so excited. I feel like the last, I mean, I guess I've been married 14 years, my whole marriage, I've always put my husband in the forefront and he's mm. the, he's the, you know, captain. Mm. I'm probably the engine, but he's the captain. Mm -hmm. And when this opportunity came along, I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. 
And for this is like my baby, you know, and Garrett is the one who makes the YouTube videos and makes all the content. So for me to have something that I made, mm -hmm. I'm just so proud of it and so excited to have like my piece come out. My I'm turn. excited for that. Actually, yeah. you know what? I mean, that's an interesting, that's an interesting perspective, I think, because I will say one of the, the reasons why I love doing this podcast and one of the reasons why I started the Cool Mom Co. is because I feel, I felt like when I became a mom, I felt like every other woman had it together. I was like, oh my God. I look around, I'm like, oh my God, they all have it together. It was almost like I was this, you know, um, voyeur kind of like watching everyone else's lives be so like on point. And especially as mothers, like, oh, they, they know how to do this and they're doing this and they're blah, blah, they got that and da, da. And obviously also there was no other diverse platforms that I felt like could represent women of all, all cultures and colors and, you know, origin stories and all that stuff. But to hear you say that, it kind of warms my heart so much because you're right. Like, this is your moment. This is your time. And you've experienced a lot. You know, this is this has been a great journey that you've been on. But wow, how much you've learned, mm -hmm. how much you've been able to take the realm, even with your kids and like teach them things that they never would have experienced otherwise. But for you to be that driving force of something so powerful in their lives. And now you're able to share that and it be yours. It be your thing that you're able to share with other women and other mothers and parents, really, mm -hmm. of the world. Like, I think moms, yeah, moms just, we do so much. And sometimes I think we don't give ourselves enough credit. When mm -hmm. I sat down to write the book and I was like, duh, 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 like I just started word vomiting and I was like, oh my gosh, I know a lot. You know more than you thought. You know, like yeah. I, never in a million years, I think I'd write a hundred page or 300 page book. Right. But I did. And sometimes I feel like such an imposter. We went to National Geographic in Washington, D.C. this summer and I'm sitting there looking around at all these explorers. And, and researchers, naturalists, and I feel like such an imposter, like, who let me in <laughs> to this place? Yeah. And then it took a second for me to be like, I deserve to be here. That's right. You know, That's I deserve right. to create something like this. And I like I'm worthy of what I've created. Yeah, you are. And do you feel like your kids gave you that strength? Or where do you think you get that strength from? I think it comes from within. I think yeah. it's something that you have to find. Yeah. And it doesn't always like come out. Mm hmm. But mm -hmm. but ever so often, I feel like I, I really see how cool I am. Yeah, you're cool. <laughs> Hello, you're on the cool mom. I know. Podcast. You are these cool. Places. We are. You, you are part of it. And I think that's that's a beautiful journey. I just love that because we all have imposter syndrome at some point or other. You know, I don't think you come out the womb feeling like you are this like, yes, bad. What did Rihanna say that one time? She said, um, some days you just got to like, it was some, I don't have the quote exactly but it was like some days you just gotta like fake it like some days you just gotta be out there and you just gotta totally. fake it and I think that's what it comes down to especially but even as moms this is the this is the funniest part because like I just said right you look at all this and you look at moms and you see them doing all these amazing things you for instance you see outside looking in you're a world traveling mother who has it all together and look at all these amazing experiences that she has totally. that she's doing with her kids and her family and this beautiful relationship that you've created. Right. 
we all know that there's another layer to that. We all know that there's more as mothers because we go through it in our own yeah. journeys behind the scenes. But still, we look at it and we're like, wow, the imposter syndrome is just like, dude, I mean, come on. What we have to remember and remind ourselves that we're just as bad as we know we are. We're just as dope as we know we are. We have it all within us. And even if we have to remind ourselves, it's that affirmation. So I love that you were like, it took me a second. Yeah. But I was in there and I reminded yeah. myself that, yo, I do... I I do deserve to be here. Yeah. And that's absolutely right. And I think that's a that's an affirmation and a, a reminder that we all have to tell ourselves often. You know, we'll keep reminding ourselves that we deserve it. We deserve totally. to be here. Nobody knows what they're doing. And we're <laughs> all just like just doing our best. Yes, that's absolutely and, right. And and thank you for sharing those nice words. It, it of course it's good to hear. And OK, remember. so with how busy you are, though, I'll end it on this. What do you do for moments for yourself? I love walking on the beach. Oh. That's my favorite. Just getting out, just feet in the sand, water coming up and, mm -hmm. you know, spending some time out there. I love it. Near the yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah. Water's healing. What do you do? Oh, goodness. I love it when, when guests flip the questions back yeah. on me because I have no idea what I'm about to say. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. Water for me, but I like baths. I I, if baths. I can just have moments to myself in the bathroom, in a bath, water, just like, you know, candles, meditations, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. I know it sounds so cliche, but really, if it's the one thing that I think I can look forward to at the end of a day or the end of a week that I can actually accomplish in my house and, awesome. and feel good about, yeah. you know? So yeah. yeah, it's the little moments. Yeah, I think it's the little moments. And cooking. I really enjoy cooking. Jessica, thank you for coming. Thank you. This was an honor. Yes, I really appreciate you stopping by. I cannot wait for this to come out, and I can't wait for everyone to get your book and for it to be a bestseller and all the things well, i'm projecting it for you thank you so much there you go <laughs> thank you you're welcome i'm lizzie mathis your host of the cool mom code podcast thank you for tuning in to this week's episode with jessica g we hope you learned some of her tips and tricks to traveling with kids be sure to hit that subscribe button on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you enjoy your podcasts and stay tuned for more exciting episodes coming your way Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.